of my anxiety because I don't consider myself a professional, so I don't want to talk about your anxiety and give you the wrong information. But I can talk about mine. And um, I'm actually recording this, and we decided to do this episode because my anxiety is like on full tilt today. Okay? I am leant like a Chevy in three-wheel motion today. And so we were like, you know what? Let's just lean in to that let's just dive further into the crevasse which by the way is one of my favorite episodes of 30 rock so look that up uh but yeah i um i gotta get a new therapist so in the meantime this podcast will be my therapist i essentially will therapist myself over the course of this episode and uh we've got some dmts from y'all Nothing's changed. We have a gem drop in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just in shambles today. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> Gotta keep it real with yourself. Jam dropping. Let's drop these gems. Anxiety versus fear. Now, I want to keep reiterating to you all that I am simply speaking about how this anxiety exists in Amanda Seals's world. If you relate to it, then you relate to it. But I want to make it explicitly clear that I do not consider myself to be a expert, uh, a medical professional, or anyone with even like supreme knowledge of anxiety and managing it. But I do know myself and I do know what I deal with. And I feel like a lot of times you can help, you know, kind of give other people a frame of reference based on what you're going through. So this is also, you know, just really about like, Putting things into perspective that sometimes just are better, for the most part, things are way better dealt with when they're verbalized than just in your head, especially, especially when you're dealing with anxiety. Now, for me, I have anxiety, but then I'm a human, so I also have fear, right? And some people might say, like, well, what's the difference? And I think for me, the difference is not that far cry, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's such a big difference like, you know, we've discussed in the past, like arrogance versus confidence or extra versus extrovert. You know, like those things I feel like have like real clear delineations on other sides of the spectrum that people may not notice. But with fear and anxiety, they live very, very close together. But it's always important for me to notice the difference because it determines how I manage it. Right. Sometimes I have I have anxiety, which is literally just like existing outside of my consciousness. Like I don't even know what's causing it. Like my body is just tense. I have a headache. I'm kind of swimming in like a, a fishbowl. And there's no I don't really know what it's attached to. I mean, I'll just get it sometimes. Maybe I'm like, is it is there a, is the barometric pressure too high today or something? Like, is there something in the stars that I don't know about? Like, is there an earthquake coming? Like sometimes I just don't know. And nothing, a lot of like in those situations, like nothing even really like proves it. You know, it's just like it is what it is. And my work in those moments is figuring out how to not let it get me stuck, you know, how to not let it paralyze me. And then you have like fear induced anxiety, which is just like, 
it could be something as basic as like, oh, I'm going to an audition that I really, really want. And I'm just like, kind of like tensing up, you know? And it <laughs> that's always interesting because I have been auditioning forever. So like, it's not like I really get nervous, but that's just my subconscious being like, bitch, you really want this. You really want this. And we'll talk about that during that one time. But also it's like fear, you know, in relationships. Like I have really super duper duper anxiety when it comes to relationships because I've been through a lot of fuckery. So, and I don't want to make the same mistakes twice. So the anxiety is not just in fear of like, oh, I don't want to get played or I don't want to get disrespected or I don't want to like walk into a whack situation. But it's also a fear that I put on myself. Like I don't want to disappoint myself. Right. And so like in managing that, you have to like get back from it. And and it's it can be a very like difficult thing to do to like step away from that, because if you are also a very highly aware person like myself, you're doing so much processing. And sometimes I feel like what anxiety is for me is like my computer, just my RAM being overloaded with trying to process a lot of information at one time. And it slows me down. And in those moments, it's like, I got to take a nap, you know, like I've been yawning all day just because I'm ang- I have anxiety. So it's like my body is literally like processing. I'm combusting like emotionally right now, even though I'm not working out or I'm not, like, but my body is like combusting, like energy is actually being used. And so I'm, I'm tired, even though it doesn't seem like I'm doing anything like manual labor, I'm doing mental labor, you know, and I think for a lot of folks like that anxiety plays out in those ways, but it just kind of manifests itself differently. I know for some people, anxiety manifests itself in like blowing up, you know, for like no reason. We've talked about that on like side effects of being outspoken, you know, like just like you have just kind of kept things in for a certain amount of time. Then eventually it just kind of explodes. You know, for some people, it's like in just going the exact opposite. It's just like a full shutdown of just like silence. Do, 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 do. You know, it's like a decommissioned Autobot. It's like seeing the lights go out behind Optimus Prime's eyes. No one likes it. Or that time. Oh, that time in Rogue One. When the droid. When the droid died. Or that time in Solo. When that other droid died. Anytime a droid dies. It hurts me. But I feel like that's like. Like what your anxiety is because like you're like a machine and it's just like you're just like it's like your wiring just gets overpowered. You know, it just heats up and it just shuts the fuck down. And for me, like that manifests in a couple of ways. Sometimes it manifests in just me being like tired uh, or just like not inspired, like not wanting to be productive. And I don't have time to not be productive. So that's why it's like. When it comes to like relationships and, and, and how they inspire a certain level of anxiety and a certain level of fear for me, I have to be very cognizant of understanding that like if I want to be productive and I want to be on point, then I have to like or only involve myself in relationships that, that alleviate, you know, that anxiety as best as possible. Because some of it is it's just a lot of it is not even it has nothing to do with the person. I mean, it's just my own shit. And the more that you are getting to know somebody, the more of their shit that you know. So then you're not even dealing with just your shit. You're dealing with they shit and having to process it. And it's like the work for me has become like, how do I improve my processor? 
how do I streamline my RAM to handle information in a quicker way without it, expen- without it expelling so much energy? And I think a big part of that is going to therapy, talking to friends, writing my thoughts down, and also simply just like being like, you know what? Whatever. Sometimes you just got to do a big whatever, like, <laughs> and just be like, whatever. <laughs> like, just, and remember, the, you know, like, I'll just be like, I, Amanda, everything is everything. It all happens the way it's supposed to. You can combust your brain all you want, but at the end of the day, you're going to make the right decision because you think from a place of goodness. So anxiety, sometimes I just don't know where it comes from. I can't control it in terms of it arriving. But once it gets there, I have to figure out ways to manage it because it's just like what it is. But then fear is something that we all have, but we also have to control that. And controlling fear can be a very difficult thing when you have a lot of information on why you should be scared. Brandon said that was a terrifying way to end. (laughs) Gem dropping. But it's real. It's real. Like, you're, you know, like fear, even if the fears that you have are not um, related to like that specific situation. Like if you've been through something like then it's just it's still real. The possibility is still real for you, you know, and the realities is that if if you're dealing with anything that deals with humans, whether it's in a workspace or a professional space and you have anxiety around that. Listen, humans are the most unreliable people ever, at least with animals like, you know, this motherfucker might kill me. You You always know know that. that with humans. You're like, I don't know if this person will kill me. They might try to ruin my life, though. You know, <laughs> there's such a variable. You know, like I know like Lando, my cat Lando, I know the schematics of the situation. You know, for the most part, he's he likes certain things. You know, he likes his little treats. When I walk into the kitchen, he's going to meow for that. He does not like his litter box to be dirty at all. He will absolutely let you know, I just took a shit. Handle that, Amanda. And if he feels like you've been out of town too long, he will 1,000% pee on your shoes in the closet or shit somewhere where you don't know it is until you do. So it's like that. With humans, it just seems like you just never truly know like what things could be and how they can manifest and so for me I think I find a lot of anxiety in just the unknown you know and I know a lot of people do as well like it may not necessarily be like fear in terms of like I don't want to go forth but it's just this inherent feeling of like especially if you're someone who's like very in control of your life you know if you're an independent person who has like a lot of control over like your destiny and shit when you're in situations where you don't have that it can feel oh my god (laughs) just It can just feel like you are swimming. And so the work I know that I've had to do is like trying to decide like when is it time for you to be like, no, and step away. And when and when do you have to just kind of like give into the possibility that it could go in a different direction than you thought? And that, my friends, is a completely gridless concept. You know, I mean, there's no true logic or rationale other than just like, I guess like your gut, you know, what do your instincts say? And that's when you have to get still and quiet and meditate. And so a lot of times I find myself just doing a lot of talking and then I just get really like quiet. 
And then nine times out of 10, the situation works itself out. (laughs) It doesn't even have anything to fucking do with you. It just does it. But the anxiety is something that I deal with regardless of whether that's whether I know that or not. The anxiety is going to happen because I'm an aware person in a world that is continuously moving. Do you ever tell yourself, just chill, you wildin' right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I was telling a friend of mine that I was dating somebody and like we speak every day and um, I was dating them for mm, like two months and then like one day I just like didn't hear from them all day. And I was kind of in my head about it. Like, well, what is this really about? And I started projecting like my past relationships onto this new one. Um, And just like really like got in my head, like what if they are this, that, and the third, or they're doing this, that, and the third. And I think in the past, what I would have done is I would have written them what I was thinking. But I realized, like, they don't, they don't need to know the raw uncut. Like, perhaps I need to take care of my own emotions before I involve someone else in them. This is what you call growth. So what I did was I wrote down my thoughts and I was able to look at my crazy and I was like, oh, wow. And it's, I don't say crazy in terms of like it not being valid. It's just that it's it's coming from a place that's just not rational because it's not attached to like the actual actions being done. It's just going on in your head. And so that's like part of also like working through your anxiety. Like, is this attached to something real that is being hit, that is being triggered by behaviors? Or is this attached to something that has taken place in the past that is being triggered by fear um, in a different way? And when you can delineate that, it helps you out, by the way, because it helps you be rooted in fact and fact always will inspire confidence and confidence will always alleviate fear. And fear is the root of anxiety, at least for me. So long story short, I wrote it out and I was able to send the person a text that didn't include any of my mania. It didn't include any of my cray cray. And it still got across like what I wanted to say, which was, hey, I haven't heard from you all day. It's the first time. Hope you're good. Travel safe. And then three hours later, they texted me back and were like, hey, I was on a plane for a long time. And I was like, oh, I thought you were leaving tomorrow. And they're like, no, the the plans were all fucked up, but I'm back now. So (laughs) here I was, like, writing a Jane Austen novel. No, an Emily Bronte novel. And this person was simply just on a plane, flying from a place that had no Wi-Fi. And so in those moments, you, you, you're, it's, you're very encouraged, actually, in those moments because it lets you know that, like, you're dealing with your anxiety better. But also it lets you know that, like, sometimes the shit really isn't real. Like, and so that can be a, a, a very big comfort because when you get anxiety all the time, it feels very – and you get paranoid. That's just a lot. So sometimes I have to tell myself, like, yo, chill out. You wildin'. Because I've done, I've written it down, I've looked at the schematics, and it just ain't adding up to the actual fear that I've created. 
you wildin'. Next question. Are you able to preempt what could cause you anxiety? Like, I'm not doing this, or I'm not engaging with this person, or I'm not responding to that because it will set my anxiety off? Hmm. Yes. I mean, I definitely feel like, especially in like the dating space, like there's just certain people where I'm just like, oh, we can't, nah, this isn't going to work for me because you do things that are going to continuously give me anxiety and it's not healthy for me. You know, like people who like don't call back or like are really bad with communication. I can't date you because that just gives me anxiety. It gives me angina. You know what I'm saying? So like there's that. If I see that somebody's just like mentally not in a space to be able to like have a real exchange with me, I'm just like, I can't really like do that with you. You know, um, I think also like in the workspace, I don't get anxiety per se. Um, but I try not to put myself in situations where I feel like I'm going to have to be looking over my shoulder, you know, or where I feel like I'm going to have to be like just just hyper aware, you know, because of trust or because of, um, you know, uh, just an unclarity about who I'm working with. You know, that always is never fun. You know, like you don't want to feel like you're going to work having to really like, oh man, what are these people really about? You know, what are, what are they, what do they stand for, et cetera? Like that's no fun. So I really try to like preempt by really vetting like where I'm going and who's going to be there and where the setup is and what am I going to be doing? And as I've gotten more known in this industry, like I definitely have a lot easier time with being able to ask those questions. And I feel like there's actually even more effort put into alleviating those things. But I mean, you never really know. I mean, you do all that work and you still get there and shit ain't set up. And it's like, damn, I did all this work to preempt this. And I get here and y'all got me tense. But I also have a sixth sense. And, you know, some people might listening might not believe this or what, but I have a sixth sense where my neck burns um, typically like within 30 minutes of an obstacle of some sort. So it'll either be like uh, an obstacle like, you know, my car won't start or uh, there's traffic or like I always know when my flight is delayed at least 30 minutes before it's delayed, like w- without fail. Um Or it'll be like an argument. Like I'll know that like an argument is going to happen. And like, or like a screw up. Now the thing is, is that what I used to think, I used to think that that sixth sense was telling me that a conflict was coming. And so just be aware. Now what I've come to understand is it's, it's literally alerting me here. Like danger Danger Will Will Robinson. Robinson. You have the opportunity to curtail this. Check on the check on your things. Perfect example is like the morning I w- and if I wake up with my neck burning, that means that like a big fuck up is going to happen. Like that means that like either someone very important to me is going to disappoint me or that like something that I am supposed to do is going to get canceled or that I'm 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 or that like something that I think is not actually what it is. Case in point, the day of my brother, my husband on TV, Wade Elaine Marcus's wedding, Wade um, got married in Mexico. And so there was a shuttle that we were taking to Mexico from his mom's house. And I had researched and did all the research and the shuttle was leaving at noon. I woke up that day and my neck was burning. And I was like, why is my neck burning? 
huh, I don't know. So I still went about my day. And me and my friend Emily, you know, we went to Gelson's and picked up some snacks. And we came back and we're literally just chilling in the house. And Wade texts me and is like, hey, where are you guys at? The shuttle's leaving. It's 1050. I'm like, well, the show's leaving at noon. He's like, no, it's leaving at 1030. What? So I scramble. We get in an Uber. We go to his mom's house. On the way, I'm looking at the invite. It says very clearly that the shuttle's leaving at 1030. But I had gleaned that the retur- from the return information that it was returning at noon. And so I had put that in my brain. So when I woke up that morning and my neck was burning, my neck was burning to tell me like, bitch, the plans that you think you have for today are wrong. You need to revisit them. And it never fails, y'all. It never fails. Anytime I have a big meeting and I wake up in the morning and my neck is burning, I know that that meeting is going to be canceled. Anytime. Anytime I want to have like a real conversation with somebody, I wake up and my neck is burning. It's letting me know, bitch, you ain't having that conversation today. Shake it off. So this is like a psychic thing. And uh, part of my anxiety is just that I be knowing. When y'all hear me say I be knowing, it's not just simply like I have intuition. I literally be knowing. And that shit is so fucking irritating. And the only time that it's actually not irritating is when someone proves me wrong. (laughs) And that is exciting. And when I get proved wrong, I'm just like, well, that's um, that's why I have to be careful with the preempting because, you know, you you can kind of like cancel yourself of blessings is what I think sometimes, because sometimes the preempting is is also you like making a decision out of fear and you never can. You should never make decisions out of fear. So. You know, it's I, I really work hard to make decisions based on the facts that have been shown to me, not based on my anxiety. And it's all a work in progress. You guys, this is the realest episode we've ever done. Wouldn't you say, Brendan? Brendan's shaking his head yes. I'm over here just lying out <laughs> on a futon just talking to you guys. Do you get anxiety when your peers, superiors, etc. are stressed? If so, how do you handle secondhand stress? Hmm. Well, I'm an empath. I'm somebody who takes in energies. So I feel like that's kind of like a given, like a given for me. Like I just kind of like take on other people's energy. Like I can tell when someone's stressed. I can tell when someone's like out of sorts or awkward. I would say it's probably the strongest with my mom and with someone that I'm dating. Um, that's why I have to be very careful about who I date because if they are in a place of chaos, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel all that chaos. And if they're unable to like be respectful of that, then it's like, it's not manageable. You know, I, so that's why it's like you try to kind of surround yourself with friends and with people who, um, have a certain level of solidity about them because if you're somebody who takes in energy, then you want people to have like the cleanest energy as possible because you don't want to have to keep cleaning that shit out, you know? Um, so I wouldn't say that I take in like my peers energy so much. I guess I would say that it's more so that I am, I've gotten really good at not necessarily taking it in, but, um, feeling it and being able to like be a friend to it. You know, or be be a um, a sounding board to it. I'm getting much better at that. 
but it's a process. All of this is really because I think that when I was, you know, coming up, um, I just would receive everything, you know, and you're just like a receiver. I mean, I felt like Jean Grey, you know, at a certain point, you're just like, oh, my God, like I'm receiving everything. All I can do at this point is turn into the fucking Phoenix and then burst the dam and then, you know, come back as the new Jean Grey and terrorize everybody. Nobody wants that. Right. So I don't think I'd necessarily take in other people's stress as much as I do like my mom or the person I'm seeing. And even with that, I've had to get very conscious about, um, I guess they call it individualizing. And that's basically just like stepping out of their storm and being able to be like you in the storm, but I'm on the porch. Next question. How do you handle stress or anxiety around starting a new creative project when you are in between creative processes like Insecure and SFB and when you feel inclined to start your own original processes like you did with Small Doses, if those things give you anxiety? I kind of actually don't get anxiety from that stuff. That stuff gives me freedom. It's interesting. Like the creative space is really where like I am living just in my best self and my most peaceful self, like creating and putting stuff out, you know, where that gives a lot of people pause and nervousness because they feel like they're exposing themselves. Um, That doesn't it doesn't give me anxiety. I would say the biggest anxiety that I used to get was from the downtime between those things. Like downtime used to really fuck with me. And I would tell like when I had an agent and a manager that I were finally like working with, I'm like, we need to prevent me from having downtime because when I have downtime, I start to get in my head and, you know, an idle mind, an idle mind is the devil's playground and it's just not good for anybody. You know, the, that's the fuckery about writing a book. Writing a book is just like downtime, but you're writing. I mean, and that is oh, like it drives you kind of batty. That, ask any of these authors that, you know, I mean, just shit. Hemingway was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I I didn't done it. Gotta go. Because you're just so cerebral that it takes you out the game sometimes, you know? So, um, but but that being said, no, I don't really have anxiety about about those projects. It's like that's actually what alleviates my anxiety. I am at my best when I get to create and when I'm enveloped in something that is using all of my auditory, all of my senses, you know, auditory, visual, kinetic, just Ellie, all my elements. Like that's when I am just thriving, honey. And um, I I seek to find that in my personal life, like to, fi- to be able to find that level of freedom in my exchange with humans. I don't think it will ever happen, however. All right, last question. I am a cancer, so I love my show. Um, Whenever I go where there's crowds, I always get anxiety, especially if I'm meeting new people. I sometimes can't speak or find words to make conversation. And it's especially worse when surrounded by people. Do you experience anxiety in large crowds or meeting people for the first time? How do you deal with that kind of anxiety, especially in the moment? I, I play Candy Crush. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't like crowds either. Like people are like, why don't you go to Grenada and play mass and do carnival? And it's like, it's a lot of people, you know, um, I, you know, after shows, like I have to really kind of like 
clear my head because I know that I'm going to interact with like a lot of people, a lot of strangers, a lot of folks that I am not strange to them. So for them, there's going to be a certain level of over familiarity where they're going to want to hug and they're going to want to like kiss on the cheek. They're going to want to hold hands and, you know, shake hands and take pictures and all this stuff. And you're just like, (sighs) so I just try to breathe. Really just try to breathe. And, um, not overthink. When I go to events where I have to mingle, it is torture. And I know people look at me and they're like, you're so social though. Like you're such an extrovert. And I'm like, nah. I mean, I am somebody who knows how to be social if I'm in a comfortable space. But if I'm not in a comfortable space, then it's like, I don't really kind of know how to interact. I... (laughs) I was seeing somebody once and we went to like this like family affair that they had and um, I really didn't know his family like that. You know, like I had met his mom, but I didn't know his like family. And this was like his sister's graduation party. So we got there early and like I'm just trying to like my way of trying to deal with situations like that is like offer help. So like, how can I make myself useful? Because that that then that way it's like at least I'm doing something, but I get to be isolated. <laughs> so that's why, like, with parties, you'll see me like DJing because I'm there, I'm being a partner, I'm being a part of this, but I'm still like in my own space because I can control my own space. Brandon is shaking his head like <laughs> vehemently because like it's so real, like the the just introvert of it all. You're just like, I'm here, but I'm over here though. And um, and so, you know, when we were at the house, like I was trying to help and, you know, but like no one like made an effort to like integrate me into the space, right? Like, no one, like, made an effort to be like, oh, so Amanda, blah, 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 blah. And listen, if you don't do that with me, I'm stuck. I'm not the person who's, like, walking up to you like, so, like, how's the weather been? You know, like, I'm not the person who's like, you know, um, so, you know, what about these, what about these Lakers? LeBron's coming to, that's great, huh? You heard they just signed Rondo? Like, I've just never been that person. I, I know people feel like because I'm a performer that I am, but I, I genuinely am not. So when it does, um, when I do find myself in that situation, I was at his house and the family was there. Like I just kind of like did my task and then kind of like waited for the opportunity to like offer myself up for another task. And that was how I was managing it. But at the end of the evening, I ended up getting attacked by him and his sister. Cause they were like, you just been keeping to yourself all day. And like, you don't want to talk to nobody. You think you're better than everybody. And I'm just like, what? Like they just assigned like all of this ire to me And it was really just like, I have social anxiety. Like I'm in this, when I'm in a situation where I'm a bunch of people that know each other, I'm uncomfortable. That's why I don't like weddings. I'm done going to weddings. I don't like the shit. Because I'm friends with the person, but a lot of times like we have a certain isolated friendship. You know, where like they may know my friends. I may know a couple of their friends, but I don't know like their whole scheme of family or whatever. And so I always feel like there's a certain level of imposter syndrome in those situations. Where I'm like, I'm here and I like, I love you. But like, it just seems like these people like know you more. They they have more insight. And you know, at weddings, I feel like a lot of times families be trying to like vie for like who's more important in the family. Like who's more uh, valuable or whatever. I can't take it. Like, <laughs> you know, I just feel like, ah, I'm uncomfortable. You know? But then I was dating somebody who it was like, we went to an event and... 
at the event, uh, we went to like a a graduation party. Damn, yeah, it was another graduation, graduation party. party. This other time, this other person I was seeing, we went to a graduation party with them. And um, it was like a business partner of his and like his it was his daughter's graduation party. But the person I was with knew everybody there. So he was completely comfortable, you know, and and we were new in our dating. So like it wasn't like, you know, they knew of me or like they knew that he had a girl or whatever. So I'm just there with him. And this is another situation where it's like everybody knows each other. I don't know anybody. I'm not going to just go sit at someone's table and be like, you want to play, you know? What are your rules? Like, I, you know, do you do it? Can you put down a, a draw two after a draw four? What are your rules? Um, and so I was very much like kind of standoffish. And I ended up just like sitting kind of like by myself and reading a script. And I will always be appreciative to him for how he handled this because he could have been like the other person I had dated and like chastised me for like being by myself. Instead, he came over and was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah. And he like gave me a kiss and he was like, you want a taco or anything? And I was like, no. I, no, actually, I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get you a taco. This nigga went and got me a taco, brought me the taco, and went back to talking to people. <laughs> but it was like he respected that like, I'm just, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. Like, I'm just over here, you know, because this is what's comfortable for me over here is comfortable for me. And when it was time to go, because we had already discussed what time we were leaving, I sent him a text like, hey, are you ready? And he's like, yep. And we bounced. So, you know, it's like you just try to manage um, your best way that you can. And it's great when you have people that understand that you're trying to manage the best way that you can. But crowds, especially with like what's been going on in our world these days with all the mass shootings and the, the, the terrorist attacks, like it's even more scary to be in a crowd. You know, it's even more like daunting to consider that like you, there's all these people here and you don't know who they are, what they're about and anything could happen. Like that's a real genuine feeling to have. I mean, even if you haven't been in the situation, there's a certain level of PTSD associated with the fact that you know it has happened plenty of times and there's no no reason that it couldn't happen to you that's real like that's real don't ever let anybody make you feel like that's not real you know but even aside from that it's just that the unknown is anxiety inducing and crowds represent the unknown it's a bunch, bunch of, of motherfuckers, motherfuckers you, you don't, don't know so i absolutely hear you with that and i am 1000 percent in it and i a lot of times can't even avoid it by the nature of my career I just got to stick it out. And the way that I manage it is by breathing, by trying to have people around me that I do know that can like kind of be like a, a point of safety. You know, even if they're not standing right next to me, I can see them across the room and be able to have like, you know, these tent poles of security, not like security, like with a badge or whatever, but security in terms of like they make me feel secure. Um, and I also just like try to encourage myself to at, at the very least if I'm not the one who's sparking the conversation be receptive when the conversation is sparked with me you know and and let that be a, a gateway into a certain level of comfortability you know I think that's how we all ended up getting friends at camp right you just kind of show up your mom drops you off and you're just like I hate you and everything you stand for and I don't want to be here and now I got to figure out who these people are and you just kind of plant yourself by the Barbies, you know, you kind of plant yourself by the fucking macaroni, macaroni art station. And you just wait for somebody to be like, what's your name? 
Little do they know, they're now your best friend. Before we get into people I like, let me just shout out all my cancers, all my cancers celebrating their birthdays this month. We got Melanie Fiona. We got my homegirl, Allison Faircloth. We got my agent, Sam Bringardner. We got Demetria Lucas. We got my homegirl, Maite. We got my other homegirl, Emily. We got Emmy Award-winning producer, Jimmy Fox. Uh, we got 50 Cent. I mean, the cancer game is like super deep, super deep. Super duper deep. And if I did not mention your name, it does not mean that I do not respect you as a part of our cancer community. I mean, let me, I can come up with some more. Cree Summer, you know, she's a heavy, heavy in the cancer game. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't respect you as a member of our cancer community. It's just that, like, there's so many of us that we are number in such dopeness nope. that I sometimes just, like, just, you know, can't keep all of the dopeness nope. in my mind at one time. So I apologize but uh one of the illest cancers out here and someone who's always been like a big supporter of mine is charlemagne the god who is a full cancer and who is somebody who has actually you know really dealt with anxiety and his new book shook one uh which is coming out soon and you can pre-order it as of right now is all about anxiety and him dealing with anxiety and PTSD and trauma and the beauty of like how therapy has helped him to handle that. And um, I think like him being very vocal about this, especially as a black man, especially as a black man from the South, especially as a black man from the hood is incredibly important because so many of our brothers just don't feel like dealing with this is um, something necessary because they've almost come to un feel like it's just a necessary part of life. Like they just take it as like it's a rite of passage. They take it as like it's a part of being a black man that you're going to have to deal with these things. And I think what Charlemagne did in terms of like this book and being able to be very vocal about his anxiety and his PTSD, he makes it uh, more accessible for people to understand that like, no, you don't have to live with that every day. No, you don't have to have to figure out how to uh, ignore panic attacks. No, you have to manage these things. And you have to get to the bottom of like what's causing them. Like, you know, you don't have to ignore triggers. You simply don't have to be unhappy and you don't have to have people around you that are unhappy. Like for all intents and purposes, like you really truly can live a more peaceful life. Like that's a real thing that can really happen. And it and it it it's in your it's in your hands. Like you have agency in doing that. And sometimes anxiety, especially coupled with depression, can make you think that you don't. It can make you feel like you don't have the wherewithal within you to get to a certain level of happiness. And, you know, sometimes you need to be medicated. Sometimes there's a certain regimen that you need to employ. Sometimes there's a certain diet. Sometimes there's just simply like just techniques, you know. But when we don't know about these things, when we don't face that these are real things that really affect us, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to gain the access to figuring out how to manage them to have a more fulfilling, healthy quality of life. So my people I like is uh, is Charlemagne for uh, putting out his his experience in his book Shook Ones now available for pre order. And um, you know, of course, we're going to have him on the show at some point. And you know, it's like it's a different kind of me too. 
You know, it's like just saying like, hey, like I'm dealing with this shit too, y'all. Like you don't have to be by yourself in it. You don't have to be in your car crying by yourself thinking that no one understands you because the reality is a lot of us are dealing with this, especially in a world right now where you just never know what you're going to turn on your TV and see. You know, so anxiety and just being in a certain level of high strungness like is a state of life and being for a lot of people and it causes a lot of stress and it causes health problems and when we are able to face it we give ourselves a better shot at not having to deal with the byproducts of it that That one time (laughs) so i absolutely uh have had to deal with anxiety like in the professional space and i mentioned earlier that i would talk about it so when i auditioned for insecure The first time I just went in, like it was the first time auditioning. And so I didn't have any like expectations, you know? So I just was like, whatever, like you go in, you do the audition, you handle it. And that's that. And, um, I went in originally, I told the story several times. I went in originally for Tasha, but then I was like, I shouldn't be auditioning for Tasha. I don't got, I ain't stacked enough for Tasha. And so the, the tasking agent, Vicky Thomas, Vicky Thomas was like, yo, you know, well, what if you read for the other role? And I was like, well, what's the other role? And it was um, early 30s Ivy League graduate. I'm like, oh, you mean my actual life? Got it. So and I um, so I basically was like, you know, I'm going to read for this. And I read for it and I went about my business. That's how you handle auditions. It only starts to get bugged out when you realize you have a shot. That's when you start tripping. So I went in for the second audition and um, I like wasn't even like, I don't know, guys, I wasn't worried about it or anything because I still didn't think I had a shot per se. But when I tell you I had a full anxiety attack that day, like I was just like hot in my neck and like I was getting ready to go and I was just angry and just like frustrated like for no reason and when I did go to the audition like I like I did the audition but I was like beating up myself after and just like my mom was like what What is going on and I was like yo I'm just like bugging out I'm bugging out and I realized later like I was having an anxiety attack like I just was having all of these like dis you know disparate emotions happening all at one time and I didn't have any control over them and it was just all rooted in just like the the unknown was kind of like coming up and so I had to kind of really like take a look at that and be like what was that really about because you guys that wasn't a situation where I saw it coming like I didn't even have any concerns and then all of a sudden my subconscious was just like no bitch (laughs) you gonna feel a way about this so i just um i you know i I pushed through i muddled through and then like the next audition and let me tell you something and i've told him this to him apprentice penny in an audition doesn't help your anxiety either by the way, Prentice, like, Melina be smiling, and Issa be smiling, and Prentice be looking at you like, what the fuck you about to do in here, yo? And he be, <laughs> and I was just like, now that I know Prentice, like, that's my buddy. Now that I know Prentice, I'm just like, I said this recently, I was like, damn nigga, like, in, in an audition, you are the worst. He's like, what you mean? I'm just there, just, I'm just per- perusing the talent. I'm like, fuck out of here, dog. Like, you are the scariest face in front of me. So, that was like a very, um, 
kind of like shocking experience for me in terms of like anxiety coming up in my work because it just hasn't before, you know, in, in a long time. Like I've I had anxiety. I had an anxiety attack in a FedEx parking lot when I was moving to L.A. Because some like randomly, I was just like, oh, my God, like what if what if what if I'm not supposed to move here? And what if we what, up until that point? Nothing. Up until that point, I was smooth sailing. I'm organizing shit. I'm calling movers. You know what I'm saying? I'm on Zillow, Trulia, Westside Rentals. I'm handling business. But once it was all handled, that's when it hit me. And it was just like, and I mean, it was just a doozy. So, you know, when it comes to Smart, Funny, and Black, it's like, I'm pretty sure I'm cruising for a bruising with this tour because I'm just doing everything and doing so much. And even though I have some help that in a big way, there's still so much that's on my shoulders. And then I'm going to have to actually do the shows. And, you know, the managing of that mentally is like not something to shake a stick at, you know, shake, 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 shake your stick at. So I absolutely have to like really get a handle on that before it really comes through. And, you know, just seeing you guys buy tickets to the shows is absolutely 1000% helped alleviate my anxiety. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like that right there has been very helpful. Very, very helpful. But it still doesn't it still doesn't take away the the, the reality that I want to do the best shows possible for y'all. You know, I want to have the best experience for you all and for myself and for my crew. So, you know, um, but I just wanted to share with you all that that story about Insecure because I think that a lot of people feel like you just get these roles and you're just like very carefree and it's like whatever. And it's like, nah, like there's there's stuff that happens that you didn't even see coming. So then I went in for the third audition and I was fine. When I was the audition, I was fine. Then I went in for the fourth audition. And the fourth audition was a chemistry test. And it was like me and three other women, one of which became like my real homie. Shout out to Tony, Tony Trucks, y'all. And then there was like a couple of dudes there. And um, I remember Wade was was sitting there and I came in I was like taking my shoes off because I was like when I go to the Sony lot like you always know you're gonna have to walk a distance to wherever you're going so I come in flats and carry my heels and um, so I was like changing my shoes and he was just like saying something and I remember just being like nigga what are you talking about (laughs) and he was like and it was that day that I knew that we'd be cool we'd be cool but you know I had like another just kind of like moment of anxiety because I was I was sitting outside the audition room and Robin Thede was there and she went in and everyone in the room was like, how was that there? I mean, it was like a family reunion. I swore they were about to break out into the wobble. And I'm sitting outside the door like, well, what am I even going in here for? Like, she got it sewn up because they all know each other, you know? And, um, you know, when I came in, I mean, there was a, it was, it was a warm it was a warm greeting, but it wasn't by any means like familiar. Even though I knew Issa, I didn't really know anybody else. Um, but nonetheless, like I still gave it my all. And, you know, it just really like goes to show that, you know, you can't give up before you get in. Right. Because, yes, like Robin knew everybody, but, you know, it just turned out that that was my day to get the part. And it didn't. It, it was it was less about, you know, all the extraneous shit that I worked out in my head. And it was simply just about, like, does this fit for what they're doing? And sometimes with anxiety, we can work out all this shit in our heads that we think makes the perfect sense. And it ain't got nothing to do with the reality of the situation. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So that's when, like the person asked in DMT, that's when you got to tell yourself, I'm wilding. Do your best. 
let the chips fall where they fall. The last dose. Well, I hope you guys had a good time hearing me and my mania. I feel like I got clearer. I feel like I got clearer, like just talking about this with y'all. So I thank you for giving me a platform to be able to do that. And uh, I hope that I'm giving you all a platform to be able to, you know, ask questions that you may be like, who else do I ask this to? Uh, but uh, overall, you know, I always suggest therapy. I suggest meditation. I suggest exercise, you know, get those endorphins released. And, you know, coming up with things that, you know, make you happy. Like sometimes the best way to find those out is when you're not in an anxious moment, you know, like when you're in your best moment and you're just like, how can I bottle this and keep it for later? <laughs> you know, it's like that's when you got to remember, like, this is a place to go to. Um, this is a space to be in when I, when I need to get out of a dark place or when I need to get out of an anxious space. And, um, and sometimes it's a, an, a literal space, like a park or a, a you know, a, a venue of some sort, or, you know, sometimes it's being with certain people or sometimes it's simply just like, you know, an action. Like, I know that I need to talk to this person. or I know that I need to just talk or I need to just write or I need to listen to this kind of music. Like when I'm going through a breakup, I only listen to salsa because, it's very upbeat, but I don't know what they're saying. So there's no words that can trigger. I'll let y'all have that one. It's a good show.